you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Gospel according to John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A hired person who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As you are very aware, I'm very dedicated to that phrase from the Vatican II documents dealing with the signs of our times. Let me start with St. Boniface. St. Boniface Church is on Montgomery Street in Jersey City, and it was regarded as the German church by those of us who live downtown Jersey City. And we would go there definitely once a year or other special occasions, but we would go there on the evening of Holy Thursday when the Blessed Sacrament is exposed, highly decorated altar, and people would pilgrimage from church to church. Now listen to this. We came from a predominantly Italian-American church, Holy Rosary. The first church after Holy Rosary that we would visit, and I say we, throngs of people in the streets, throngs, people coming and going, coming from their various parishes and visiting the other churches in the neighborhood. Downtown Jersey City was certainly what we call it a melting pot, a rainbow. It was certainly a place of many cultures and many languages. The next church we would go to would be St. Anthony's, the Polish church. Then we'd make our way over to St. Michael's, the Irish parish, and then on our way back, St. Mary's, Irish slash German. Then we'd go to the German church, St. Boniface. And at, on our way back, we'd stop back at our home parish, say our prayers, and continue. Yes, we were segregated, excuse me, segregated into churches, but in neighborhoods, we were very integrated. Our next door neighbors, were, I guess those days we called them African-Americans. Now the term is black and brown. The, 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 the terminology does mean something. It should enhance the dignity of the people we're talking about. So my family was Italian and the other people Irish and Polish. We didn't 
use derogatory terms toward ourselves or for them. So although there was a church right across the street in Jersey City on 4th Street, and it was a black church, and on Sunday the roof would fly off with music, and our neighbors would all get dressed up and much more fancy than the Catholics did when they went to their churches, our churches, and they would praise and stay there a long time. I often wondered, what are they doing all that time? Because Catholics, 45 minutes, you're in and you're out, regrettably. But Mrs. Holland lived two doors around, down. Mrs. Matthews lived right next door. And they were both uh, African-American families. Mrs. Holland and my mother got along extremely well. She made the best sweet potato pie I ever had. And never had it before, never had it since. Tasted it in Georgia and Florida, but not like Mrs. Holland's. And she would come over, and she was tall and thin. She was elderly, and she'd ring the doorbell, come up the stairs, ring the doorbell, and say, Hey, Rose, I got something for Louie. I was the favorite in the neighborhood. <laughs> Mrs. Holland. Next door, Mr. and Mrs. Matthews and their kids, uh, m my classmates, my kids I used to play in the street with. And our neighbors were diverse. On one side we had Italians, on one side, the other side we had African Americans across the street, mixed, everybody was mixed. So Mrs. Matthews looked forward to, and I did too, Sundays. Because Sundays when we weren't at our bungalow, we would eat in the backyard, we're Italian, under a grapevine, we're Italian, that's what they do. Yes, I'm making a caricature, but some caricatures work and some caricatures are uh, appropriate and some caricatures are insults. I'm not trying to insult the Italians, I am one of them. So we'd eat in the backyard and Mrs. Matthews would come out and smell my mother's cooking and say, Rose, what are you cooking today? It was Sunday, same thing every Sunday, pasta, spaghetti, meatballs, neck bones, and then a roast afterwards with roast potatoes and salad and everything else you can imagine. And she would, every week, every time we ate there, she'd say, would you like some? Would you like a dish? Oh, yes, Rose, I'd love a dish. And my mother would hand it to me, and I would hand it over the fence. There were slats in the fence. And I would, she would take it back to her table, because she's also barbecuing in the backyard, eating with her family. And what were they doing? Ribs. <gasps> Spare ribs, my favorite. See, we couldn't have a roast as a main dish on a Sunday. It had to be pasta. So Mrs. Matthews would hand over a huge dish of ribs. We would hand over a glass of wine to go with the Italian food. Mrs. Matthews would hand over a glass of bourbon <laughs> to go with the ribs. Well, I loved it. No one in my fa family drank. Michael didn't drink. My mother and father didn't drink. Sometimes my, my mother would have a little cocktail or whiskey sour or something, but never drink. I was the drinker. Still am. That was ordinary. There was nothing unusual about that. That was our ordinary neighborhood. We were integrated. We were integrated before we knew the words integration. We were one with our neighbors before we knew that to be otherwise. I never went to a wealthy family's home until I went to high school. And then I met a lot of diverse people there too. That was a goal to live normally. Our goal today is to live normally as well. 
times have changed. We know that. So the quality and the, the status of our society is also changing. We have a lot more diversity, thank God, and we have a lot more languages in our culture, thank God. Last week, as you know, a man died by murder, having his neck held down with a knee from an officer. I can't say he was a martyr, like St. Boniface was a martyr, but you know what? As it turned out, he was a martyr. He gave his blood, he didn't know at the time, he gave his blood, his life, for his brothers and sisters. St. Boniface, the martyr that we commemorate, patron of Germany, gave his life for his Lord. He chose to give his life. He lived his life with dignity, preached, wouldn't be silenced, as Paul, you read today in the scriptures, would not be silenced because they were devoted to what they believed. So George Lloyd was just a man of the street, a neighbor, another person, no one outstanding, ordinary, just like the rest of us. He wasn't a governor, a mayor, or a leader of a community. He was just a father. And the incidents are irrelevant irre right now. The deed is most relevant. The murder, the martyrdom, most relevant. Now civil authorities have to get involved to pursue justice. But what has happened since then, as you know, are good news and bad news. The good news, people's voices are being heard out loud. The bad news, some of those voices are the voices of terrorists, antagonists, insurrectionists, people who don't really care for the neighborhoods they're burning down or burnt down, people who don't really care to respect our political system, our judicial system, our police, our firefighters, our EMTs, just don't, don't respect them. These people are also pursuing life and death. And the martyrs at their hands are martyrs that shouldn't be fighting for you and for me, standing up for you and for me. Yes, the knee of the perpetrator is a sign of evil, a sign of Satan, a sign of prejudice. Yes, we should all stand up and stand against prejudice. And we all should stand up for what we believe and be martyrs. And martyrs are not necessarily people who die to their faith, but martyrs are people who live and witness to their faith. And our witness, be a little political here, is to our flag. It's to Jesus Christ first, our Lord, but it's to our flag as a nation. And people who disgrace the flag and disgrace the system are a disgrace to the nation. But we go further. As we look what's happening as a result of the protests, as I've mentioned before, I don't protest. I don't march in rallies and things like that. Never have, never will. Not interested. I, I agree with those who are protesting justly and appropriately to let their voices be heard to the highest heavens. But their voices have to be voices of justice and respect, not just narcissism. Regrettably, some of the marchers are just narcissists, interested in their own self-gain, interested in their own aggrandizement, and many of those destroy, loot, and hurt. 
destroy, loot, and hurt the neighborhoods that they say they're fighting for and representing. Those neighborhoods are a mess now. The windows, the stores, the, the mom and pop bodegas destroyed by these protesters, by these people of justice? No, by antagonists, by people who do not respect anybody. And the people for whom they say they're standing up and fighting for justice, our people of color in our neighborhoods, are those who will suffer more because of this. Not the protesters. Protesters have to have a plan and have to follow their conscience and establish good deeds, faith, and justice. But that fringe element that ruins the whole process of a just protest become people who are evil and bring more evil into the world, destroy the neighborhoods of the people they say they're representing, and then go home to their comfortable neighborhoods. There was a post this morning online with very colorful language by a woman screaming at the protesters, this is my neighborhood, and they are destroying it. And then they, the protesters, will go home to their comfortable beds and feel that they've done a good job because they, they showed the world what they can do. I'm not impressed. What they did was a disgrace. And they're not martyrs. They're not suffering. They're not witnessing. They're witnessing, and I've said this before, they're witnessing to Satan. So they can be martyrs for the cause of Satan, for the cause of evil. And many, many protesters from all over the world working and walking for justice with petitions of peace and actions of peace. Even those with their high and mighty goals will go home. My fear is they'll go home and pick up where they left off in their neighborhoods that are not diverse. Their neighborhoods very often lily white. Their neighborhoods that are very comfortable. And if they, who are justly protesting, don't work for justice now and when they go home, it's all a sham. And that's my biggest fear of what's going on in the world today. It is my fear of the virus of riots. St. Boniface was a man who stood up for what he believed and died for what he believed. Martin Luther King, another name, stood up for what he believed and died because he believed in that. Jesus Christ, the great martyr, the only one who, that we follow, stood up for what he believed, preached what he believed, and died for what he believed. I know not all the protesters are Christian, but I invite all of the protesters, Christian or not, agnostic, atheist, doesn't matter the religion, let's look at our brothers and sisters of color that we say we're fighting for and representing and seeking justice for. Let's look at them and work with them so that we can be a diverse neighborhood throughout the country with respect, handing ribs and pasta over the, over the gates for each other, bringing sweet potato pie into the homes and kitchens of one another, living like neighbors. That should be our goal. You hear it often, we're all in this together. Well, yes, regardless of the epidemic, 
we were all in that together and we still are but we are all in this together we need to clean up our neighborhoods clean up our actions and focus on justice and peace St. Boniface gave his life Jesus Christ gives his life and inviting all of us as Christians and neighbors of Christians to stand up for what is right just and give your lives in a way that's dignifying and respectful of all people. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.